Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normie Avasca Scales, at your disposal. African-American village. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This morning, I just so happened to stumble upon a post from my first cousin, Richard Jones. I'm sorry, pardon me. I'm sorry. Richard Rhodes. Don't kill me. Ah, RJ, aka RJ. He is the CEO of Get Current Electrical Services. As most of you know, I'm most frequently intentionally offline. So this was a rarity. Nevertheless, I felt inclined to reach out to RJ, thereby inviting him to speak upon the sore subject in which he commented on, none other than the aforementioned topic of economic decay within the African-American community in particular. This response solicited, essentially, a three-way conversation with my brother, Norman Scales Jr., and I, followed by a subsequent three-way conversation with Carlos, my significant other, Hence, this episode is a family affair, ladies and gentlemen. Different kind of episode. We're changing tone, the tone and the platform quite a bit. Carlos, mi amorcito, in the event that you're not at liberty to physically join us over the airwaves tonight, please bear in mind that you're always with me in spirit. You're with us all tonight in spirit. Mi familia es tu familia. I digress. Needless, needless to say, we canvas vast terrain. The three of us, the four of us on the on the subject, which is um, pertaining to, among other subjects, I should say, in a nutshell, a few variables come to mind on the subject of the decline or the decay of the social and economic climate or community, African-American community, that is. But as I mentioned, there are a few variables that come to mind which contribute to this erosion or decline within my mind's eye within this African-American sector. In particular, this is not the only community in which you you find that decline, but this is definitely one of the more prominent communities, as we well know. Number one, I have the ascension of social media, pardon me, and the social awkwardness it yields. Okay, we know what that entails. Simply stated, as we piggybacking off of our prior conversation, Norman and RJ, prior to me, and bringing you all on the line, we'd spoken about communication, which is hardwired, hardwired component of my DNA, nevertheless. But we're finding that interpersonal, that organic communication is waning between people. But we'll speak in greater depth about that. Another factor, potential factor of this decline is competition versus inspiration. As noted in an earlier broadcast featuring fellow entrepreneurs, Keisha I. Phil. And then we have slave mentality. 
the Division of African American Families. The list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. However, I'd like to interject with an excerpt from an article that I'd researched aligned with the, sub- with the subject at hand, and it reads as follows. This is titled Black Dollars Matter. This is an article I stumbled, stumbled upon, and I'll be more than happy to share it in the episode page as well. In her 2014 Grand Rapids TEDx talk, Maggie Anderson, author and brainchild behind the Empowerment Experiment, explains that a dollar circulates in Asian communities for up to 28 days, in Jewish communities for nearly 20 days, in white communities for 17 days, and in Hispanic communities for seven days. Yet in the black community, a dollar circulates for only, get this, drum roll, six hours power. For one thing, these gains haven't been as widespread as needed. Black employment stays the same, stays four times higher than whites, and this article goes on. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and toggle back over to the subject at hand. Again, I'll post a link to that article in which you, you can read in greater depth at Liberty. So ladies and gentlemen, I also wanted to interject by saying that it's my imperative to add that this titanium opportunity to dialogue with Norman, RJ, and Carlos earlier today is absolutely priceless given their respective schedules and career paths. They're very, very busy men indeed. So the fact that I've been privileged with conversing with these three, not one, not two, but three Renaissance men within the same hour, albeit not not simultaneously, this conveys that I've won the lottery. Hence, it's indeed a daunting undertaking to get a hold of these three remarkable men in precisely the same time and space. Hence, without further ado, let's bring them on. Welcome to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Norman, RJ, and Carlos, if you're out there listening. How are you this evening? I'm great. Yeah, we're doing doing well. Working hard. Doing well, and, and I meant, and you all know me. You've known me for a very long time. Um, I meant every morsel of what I said. Yeah, that I I feel quite privileged to have been able to to speak with you three gentlemen, not necessarily at the same time, but within the same hour. I have won the lottery. Thank you for setting the tone for my forthcoming week. This is going to be a grand slam week. I can tell. But I want to go ahead and start off by having the two of you to briefly introduce yourselves yet again and what it is that you specialize in, your field of expertise or fields of expertise, I should say. Mm-hmm. Any, either one of you, no particular order, RJ or Norman? Norman, you go first. You can go. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... I am currently in education. Uh, I work as a academic advisor with City Colleges of Chicago. I'm also married with a child, three-year-old girl, and my wife and I operate a business together, well, technically a couple of businesses together. Uh, we have a clothing line for tall women, a high-end clothing line for tall women called Model Atelier. And also have the second clothing line, which is for everyone, and it was specifically designed to empower you. So portions of all of our proceeds from that clothing line, which is called Confidence Apparel, 
goes back towards our scholarship and educational initiatives as well as uh, going into some of our partnership arrangements that we have to do some of the other initiatives and activations that we have going on. Um, outside of that, uh, very into sports. So if I throw in some extra sports references, that's where that comes from. Um, very family-oriented, as you can see. You know, uh, we try to keep in close contact with as much as possible with the busy schedules of all of us. Um, but, yeah, I guess that, that's the, the, the gist of it. All right. Well, uh, my name's RJ. Well, my name is actually Richard, Richard Rose, but uh, a lot of my close friends and some, some of my family call me RJ, but most of my family know me as Richard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I own, um, I'm an electrical contractor. Uh, I, I've been an electrician for about nine years now. So I uh, just started out my business last year, you know, uh, go, going out on my own. As an electrical contractor, uh, get current electrical services, and uh, we do everything from uh, residential, commercial, to industrial. So, uh, and that's uh, that's the gist. Well, you know, I'm, I'm married with kids too. You know, I'm married and I uh, have four kids. So, I mean, I'm 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 a lucky man. It's a gift and a curse. <laughs> so that's yes, it. Indeed, you both are. <laughs> Just going to the curse, but go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it. You know it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, starting, getting into, like, you know, like what you were, you were saying about the declining community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, actually, and I have a question. I'd like to pose a question. Let me pose that initial question, if I might add. Go ahead. Do you believe, and this is for both of you, no, again, no particular order, that the African American community rests at the threshold of extinction of social and or economical extinction extinction. And if you could expound upon that. Do you think that we're becoming it's becoming an uh, endangered species for lack of a better phrase? No. Okay. Um I would no. Uh socially I think African-Americans have as much power as they've always had. Um, economically, once again, we also have a lot of power because of the uh, the amount of of uh, funds we put back into the market and our willingness for the economy, just not necessarily for the growth of ourselves. But we are in the market and we are socially relevant. And uh, the best way I can kind of talk about social relevance um would be music. Like everything is pretty much influenced uh, by music, at least within our culture. Like a lot of the things we do, the way we dress, the way we act, the way we speak, is is largely influenced by by music. And music is driven even from its origins and roots from African Americans. So it would be hard, you know, for us to ever be extinct socially. Uh, I kind of, I kind of, I, I, I know where you're going with that, but I, I think that, like the music, uh, I think they're taking advantage of, of, of that, you know, because they know we, we are, uh, we, we, we're talented people, you know, what I mean, that's what, that's what we do. We, we, we can go into any field and we can dominate, whether it be music, uh, sports, uh, 
industrial work, you know, even, you know, the medical field. So we can, we can go into those fields and, and innovate. We, we're innovators. And that's why they, like, they love our culture so much because we create things. Like if we, if we wore a Gucci shirt or a Gucci outfit, we're weared in a way that everybody would want to wear, you know, because they love our culture. Like, oh, look how he's wearing that, though. Like, man, he's got this shirt on with that, and he's wearing the shoes like this, bam. So they look at our culture and like, oh, man, look at the way they move, the way they walk, the way they talk. The way, you know, they want to sing, dress, all, all that stuff. So I think they're taking advantage of that. And in that way, in that way, I, I think we are giving away too much and almost by not sharing with each other too. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the way that we're kind of declining you know, so yeah. So I, I I agree. I agree with everything you just said. And my whole point was that we are still socially relevant in the fact that we have so much social power. Yeah. That we are mm-hmm. still economically relevant in the point that we have so much economic power within the market. So it would be hard for us to be extinct in that way because of the amount of power we have. Although misguided power, misguided. Like, as you mentioned earlier, economically our money doesn't go back into our communities; it goes yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Um, even with the music, even though we have that social influence, are we influencing society towards the, the better? Is the question. And you know, I mean, to your point, Richard, we had the the going back as far as run DMC and, and how many people were walking around wearing Kangos and Adidas outfits and shell toes yeah. to move on to the next level. When Jay-Z uh, mentioned that he wear button-ups now and then everybody was wearing a big oversized button-up. And then mm-hmm. going to the next level when Lil Wayne was the most popular rapper and everybody started wearing the pants that were, were extra tight and converting their braids to, to, to locks. I mean, we can mention the white tee period and uh, white tees in the Air Force, stomping in the Air Force One period where everybody had on white tees and Air Force Ones. The influence is there. The power is there. It's just misguided. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's, it's guiding youth toward drug usage. So that's the mm. new thing. That, that's the new uh, uh, trend in music is drug usage. And see, and that's the manipulation I was talking about, you know, because they they take the culture and everything that's good in it, they you know, it, it, they flip it and they want it, they want people to try to live that life that they see on TV when that's not even it's not even realistic. First of all, like what's realistic? Like my my role models when I was a kid, really, like I I watched TV, you know, we all did, we we watched the videos and all that, but our real role models were like, you know, our parents and like, you know, our uncles and aunts, you know, and stuff like that. Like when exactly. I seen my grandmother have a business, right? I'm like, oh, my grandmother right. owned a store. I used to tell people that, you know, that's what I wanted to do. That's what it, that's what kind of uh, drove me to want to be my own. I'm like, if my, if my family members can do it, cause my grandfather, you know, my father's side, my grandfather, he had his own construction company. He was a carpenter. And I said, man, I want, I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. I can do that. A, so we need. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say it's in the DNA, and I was uh, actually I'm glad you mentioned it, mentioned that because I was going to cite that 
with how the three of us bore firsthand witness to precisely that. So how did we go from having that sound community and familial structure? We saw, we witnessed our aunts and uncles sharing a mansion. There was a mansion that they had on 35th in Michigan. I wish we still owned it. I wish they sold it. But we had multiple families, aunts and uncles and extended families. We were the African-American family uh, residing in that. Well, not necessarily you and I, Norman, but the remainder of the, of the scales, you know, the um, mm-hmm. Aunt Beverly, mm-hmm. Barb, you know, Bobby, Uncle Kermit, you know, things of that nature. We we bore witness to Bobby flipping properties, buying fixer up fixer, fixer uppers. She had her own store. Grandma, you know, they had we all they all collaborated, mm-hmm. you know, uh, running the taxi business. So how do we go from that being the status quo? for most American families to today. And I'm jumping ahead in the questions too, because, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to, I was going to address that, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, We don't, uh, for the most part, I mean, I'm generalizing by saying we, but a lot of African Americans don't uh, necessarily have the highest level of trust when dealing with, with each other when it comes to business. Exactly. Um, some of it is warranted. Some of it not so much. Uh, I'm sure some people have gotten burned. I'm sure. I have. Now, now with that said, I'm, I'm going to roll back a little bit. So part of the issue, in my opinion, is uh, when it comes to, to African-Americans collaborating, is, is twofold. So one, you have some African-American business owners that, look at the market as ultra competitive and they don't want any competition. So if it's anyone that's trying to enter the market and it feels like they could possibly be a form of competition, they don't want to offer any resources and they really don't even look forward into creatively finding ways to partner with that person, which would be the answer so that both of you all can succeed. You can can partner and, you know, strengthen numbers. The other reason why some people don't uh, partner is going back to the whole crabs in the barrel kind of a thing. It's like, hey, it's enough for both of us to eat. But even with that being said, I just don't want to see you on my level. Yeah, I want to climb over over the top of you so I can get out of the barrel, and you can, you know, I can use you as a ladder and get out of that barrel and and just look down on you. I'm, and that's. And that's sad in in our community. That's a sad thing. And that's why you see a lot of, um, I think, in my opinion, you see a lot of violence. But it's got to do with the poverty level, too. But, you know, because some of these people out here, they they just want to eat. They want to eat before you eat. You know, they want to get, you know, ahead, you know, in this rat race. You know, and that's, and I think that's what what happened in our communities. We we got manipulated in in a way. You know, everybody wants to be the, the number one. Everybody wants to be the superstar. You know, everybody wants to be the, the chief mm-hmm. and not the Indian. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. it, it, it's that kind of mentality. You know, it's, it's if I can get ahead and kind of keep you in the background, then I can look better, you know. You know, the, you know, going back to what Norma was saying, you know, and that's what it is. You know, it's it's almost like, like what we, we call it. Dry hate, like some people call it dry snitching, like when somebody kind of, they don't tell on you, but they tell on you, you know, mm-hmm. it's called dry hating. When they don't want to help you because they know that 
you know, you're a talented individual. You on the, you know, you could be above them if they if they told you, hey, I got my stuff started by doing this, and it gave me a little, uh, you know, a little head up in the game. You know, they they wouldn't do that for everybody because they know that certain people would exceed, you know, their level. You know, so I mean, I, I've been through that. You know, so it's 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 a tough it's a tough life, and and. Yeah. I believe social media has has a lot to do with Absolutely. a lot of a lot of things that's going on nowadays. Like you know, so especially with the kids too. You know, they don't want to get into some of these fields. You know that they, you know that you know like like what I'm doing. I'm a I'm a contractor. Some people think, oh well, that's a lot of hard work. It's like okay, well yeah, it is hard work. Sometimes, not all the time, but it's rewarding work. Like everybody can't be uh kim kardashian you know if yeah. i can be kanye west or, or jay-z sometimes we have mm-hmm. to go outside of that entertainment and stop looking at the entertainment so much and jump into other things you know there's so many more things that we we can do you know and this is going to set you're inspiring another episode perhaps i'm going to have roll that out of the next episode actually my behind the team member has implored me to to speak on five dimensional thinking. If we all adopted that five dimensional thinking, as you know, what I um, advocate on this platform, and people, which I I deem myself to be one of those, if people would view things instead of looking at, looking in terms of lack and scarcity and not enough, that did come up in conversation, uh, Norman, with Norman, uh, you, Norman, myself, and Carlos earlier. Um, there's more than enough than enough to go around. It's a fallacy. That is a lie. That you know we're mm-hmm. living in lack and scarcity. That there's not enough resources and not enough revenue and not enough this that and the list goes on. There's plenty. Oh, that's a lie. If it just calls for a shift in mindset, and everyone yeah. could everyone essentially everyone can succeed because we don't all want the same things. I don't want to become the next Beyonce or JC. You know right. I want to become. I want to work within my skill set, within my craft. I enjoy recruiting. I enjoy writing and drawing people together, interconnecting. So I prefer that. I like being behind. I like being that behind the scenes fuel. But anyway, I want to put that over you guys. I want to say one more thing. Jumping back to something that Norma was saying, you know, and about, you know, the community, basically, when we, we got all of these, you know, like uh, different ethnicities that open up shop in our neighborhood, you know, in, in black neighborhood, predominantly black neighborhoods. And, you know, like the Asian, they, ha- they have the, maybe the nail shops and then they'll have the, the hair where they're selling the hair and all, you know, <clears throat> the cosmetic shops and all that stuff where they're selling all the cosmetics and all that. And, you know, you have some of the, the Arabs and, uh, you know, Israelis, they open up uh, little stores, even liquor stores and all that stuff. In our neighborhood, and then they don't they don't shop with us though. So and and that's what's happening with us. You know what I mean? It's it's like, you know, we think we're poor, but if we really did the numbers, if we really did the numbers, we spend so much in our neighborhoods. We spend so much in our neighborhoods with other ethnicities, and we won't even spend that kind of money with our own people. And I don't I don't understand it half the time. They're like, oh well, I'm not spending it because that's too much. But then you know, uh, some somebody else 
you know, in a, from a different different ethnic group, you know, they'll go down to their store and buy from them, you know, all day long. And I'm like, I don't understand that. You know, it's it's unreal to me. And, and we're not we're not as broke as we think we are. You know, that's another point I was trying. We're not as broke as we think we are. We spend a lot of money with a lot of other yeah. people. You know, it's a matter of where where and how you spend your money. Yeah. You know, it it, it really does matter keeping that money in the community, and and like she was saying, you know, rotating it in the community before it moves out. That dollar should stay at least, you know, man, fourteen. Man, can we get two weeks? Can we can we make it to that? <laughs> you know? Well, you know, what do you know what a future perspective, uh, gentleman in office? Wink, wink, not not. You know what I mean? Because. Um, <laughs> Perhaps you could change that in office if you if you choose to to seek that endeavor, as you've alluded to. I support your decision if you if you're serious about it, about running for office. Um, yeah, I was thinking about I it. Well, I, I I meant that I support your decision. I've got Thank we've you. got about three minutes left in this episode. Oh. In that remaining three mm-hmm. minutes, what do you think that we do you think that entrepreneurial and social camaraderie can be restored and sustained to to yield a healthy equilibrium? And since this episode is essentially about acquiring some sort of a balance or equilibrium, so how can we bring things back to center? We know what the what the shortcomings are. I, I think it would. I think what would be needed is for some uh, people with means to. Uh, invest into African-American businesses Mm -hmm. in targeted areas, specific areas, uh, and try to centralize some of those businesses similar to what happened back when we saw the Black Wall Street kind of of, uh, situation. Centralize Mm -hmm. those businesses and invest in some of the best and brightest to put those businesses in these centralized areas so that um, African Americans can have a specific location that they know they can go and find um, businesses that are uh, quality businesses and, and that were formed by African Americans, and you don't have to worry about. Well, I thought that was a, a black business, but it wasn't, or maybe it was, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah, I I think that we in the communities we need to get to know each other better, and and in that way. We won't be scared, you know. It's like because it's like you know, you walk down the street, you walk past one of your own. Like sometimes, you know, we kind of put our head down and won't even look at each other. You know, and sometimes won't even say hi. When you say hi to some, you know, to somebody that's black, you know, it's kind of like, man, what you looking at? You know. So I think we need to free ourselves from that mindset. We we don't have to be afraid of each other. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And that's that's the problem. Socially, we we socially awkward with each other sometimes. So we, we are. Need to, we have. Yeah. Technology. We need to open we up. Have and that's, that's going to be a, a longer conversation. <laughs> I, yeah. know what? I, I see a part two, perhaps a part three in my future, in my crystal ball. Hint, hint. If you all feel so inclined, I definitely would love to continue this conversation. Oh, but, but very quickly, um, about 30 seconds, how can our listeners contact or follow you in the future? Oh, so for me on Instagram is shop dot confidence. 
That's Confidence Apparel. I mean, you can do a simple Google search. Google Confidence Apparel will come up. Uh, yeah, so that's what that and and uh, Shop Model Atelier. www.shopmodelatelier is the other brand. Mm-hmm. How about uh, you, RJ? Um, for me, um, you could just you can reach me at my my phone or I do have kind of a site that I'm working on still. That is uh, Get Current Inc slash gces so you can you know that's that's uh, my business uh, get current electrical services or you know you could you know reach me on facebook you know or you you know you got my number normal <laughs> awesome. you know? mm-hmm. call me anytime all right stand by just a brief moment guys i would like to extend my utmost sincere gratitude to all Carlos in spirit for carving out the time and space to vent this evening. Uh, as always, I applaud my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, and all of you magnifying listeners spanning the globe. We implore your continued listenership, so please, please bear in mind that this platform and radio movement rests upon your very broad shoulders. Happy birthday in advance. Norman and RJ, they share the same birthday. Great minds think alike. Or is it that they think for themselves? Until the next episode... This is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.